0: Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your
1: full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmaty.com. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits once again. Today, I have another world-leading actually world record holding uh, superwoman. Now this lady is Laura Penhall from England and Laura is one of the the world's most respected physiotherapists. She uh, helps train many of the top athletes uh, in Olympic sailing and in um, Paralympics with uh, people with disabilities. She's done an awful lot in high performance sport. But what Laura is really known for is that Laura did a 9,000 mile crossing of the Pacific in a rowboat. You heard that right, right across the Pacific. Nine months this took, and she was the team leader and organiser of this whole expedition. She got four women together to do this epic event, and there is a documentary out called Losing Sight of Shore." Um, and today we discuss this mammoth expedition that Laura undertook, and the funny thing is that Laura hadn't even been a... Uh, Uh, AROA before she took this on but because she had worked so much with um, high performance athletes, people pushing the limits of endurance and uh, people with disabilities doing crazy things she wanted to understand what is it that makes some people so resilient and strong and other ones want to give up when they're faced with a trauma and she thought I don't need to wait until something drastic happens in my life and my health is taken off me or my uh, mobility or I have an accident or I have something to wake up. I can actually take on some mammoth tasks so that I can start to understand what it actually takes and what resilience and strength is all about. And she felt like she didn't have the right to be leading and guiding other people if she didn't have that experience herself. So she set off on a mission, what she thought would take a a year to do for starters, to organise this expedition across the Pacific. And it ended up taking her four years of preparation. And we go into all the details of putting together such a high performance team it's a fantastic interview she really is a superwoman um, i'm i'm in awe of her i can't imagine being in a 29 foot boat for anything more than about two hours i reckon uh, before i'd start going nuts so she's pretty impressive this lady um, before we head over to the show just want to remind you we've launched now our patron program for the podcast so if you want to become a premium member of our uh, podcast tribe if you like um we'd love you to come and join us, head on over to patreon.lisatarmaty.com and we'd love to see you over there. It's all about keeping the show going. We've been doing it now for five and a half years. Each and every episode takes me a long time to put together to chase these world-leading experts to do the research that I need to do, especially when it's dealing with scientific topics and it just takes an awful amount of time Um, and to keep it going, we need your help and we're wanting to give you lots of benefits too. So people who do get in behind the podcast and help us provide the super valuable content to everybody get a whole lot of exclusive member um, benefits so we'd love you to check it out. Go to com for more information on that and on that note before we just head over to Laura just want to remind you about my new longevity and anti-aging supplement NMN, nicotinamide mononucleotide you would have heard a couple of times in the podcast I had Dr. Alina Seranova and we're going to have her on more often. She's a molecular biologist um, and tells us all about the ways that we can help with anti-aging and one of those things is is by taking nicotinamide mononucleotide which is a very very powerful supplement. It's an NAD precursor that helps upregulate the sirtuin genes, helps provide a bigger pool of NAD to every cell in the body and helps on a very very deep level uh, the aging uh, working against the aging process and who doesn't want to know about that? If you want to find out all about it and all the science behind Behind it please go to nmnbio.nz right now over to the show with laura penhall Well, hi everyone and welcome to Pushing the Limits. Today, I'm super excited. I have an amazing, amazing guest for you. I really do find the most incredible people and this lady is a superwoman. Um, So welcome to the show. It's really, really nice to have you, Laura. Laura Penhall is is sitting in Cornwall in England. Um, Laura, how's your day going or your night going? I was going to say, yeah,
0: no, it's it's been great, but yeah, it's now eight o'clock in the evening, so um, yeah, no, it's all good. It's been oh. a beautiful sunny day. So,
1: oh, yeah. lovely, lovely. And so, Laura is an amazing person who does expeditions and as uh, a physio. Um, Laura, can you give us a little bit of background? Because I want you to tell your story in your words. Give us a a, a bit of a synopsis um, about what you do and what the incredible things. I mean, I've I'm I'm d- done a bit in the intro, so um, but I really want you your, your words if you like
0: yeah no problems well firstly yeah thanks lisa for having me on having me on the show it's been it's, a, it's an honor because i think you're a superwoman more than me
1: Hell <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but, yeah,
0: yeah. but no i mean uh, yeah my, my background is i worked in elite sport in olympic and paralympic sport for over 14 years it was, sort of went to vancouver london rio tokyo cycles wow. um And, and yeah, and during that kind of journey, and that was as, as lead physio in different sports, whether that was downhill skiing, whether it was with British athletics, Paralympic team, um, and more recently it was with the British sailing team and, and during that sort of journey as a physio, like the role that we have as, as physios, physical, physical therapists, uh, a very much kind of you know you are seeing somebody through a journey and like when i worked with them in we worked with patients in trauma um versus kind of you know in spinal cord injuries and then then through to paralympic sport i've been surrounded by people that have like been faced with significant adversity and I've it's sort of it's always along my journey of my career have I been fascinated by understanding the person in front of me and kind of going there's usually two types of people when they've been thrown a massive curveball like like an RTA a road traffic accident or something horrendous that is completely changed their life for the rest of their life um those two there's people that can go through the same same type of thing and yet one person wakes up being so thankful that they're alive, they're now gonna make the most of life. And then somebody else that wakes up and they're like, they wish they didn't wake up. And and as a physio dealing with those two people, you've got to have a very different approach. And it, in the kind of, to me, understanding that person that wants to give up and actually being able to change their mindset and facilitate, go shoulder to shoulder with them is really powerful. Um, wow. And then those people that do wake up and want to thrive, like they're the ones that have inspired me to do more stuff. Because I'm like, yeah. why do we wait for adversity? Why do we wait for something to be a curveball before we then like start to go oh my god I need to make the most of life like I'm fit and I'm healthy I need to make the most of life because clearly stuff could happen in an hour's time time. like exactly so that's kind of what then drove me to start to do more and more personally in in kind of a bit of exploratory uh, expedition space and um and then the real, so that led me to, to row the Pacific Ocean, which is kind of, you know, what we're, what we're talking about. You say about that here. again. <laughs> you
1: just rowed the Pacific Ocean. Just, I just <laughs> dropped that as a two. Yeah. And then I rowed the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you were into sailing and into uh, rowing and into all of that sport. well this was your thing
0: well that's the thing no I wasn't in all honesty (laughs) um I was I'm I'm kind of a jack of all trades like I love anybody any athletes anybody that I work with I want to understand them and I want to understand the sport the environment that they're in so when I was working with skiers I went off and did a ski season and learned to ski when I and I'm I'm somebody that yeah loves to do different sports and outdoorsy sort of uh, outdoorsy environments um and if I was working with marathon runners, I was like, I can't fully treat them if I don't understand, if I haven't run a marathon. Like, yep. to me, I need to experience what wow. they've experienced, even in a small way, to kind of get a glimpse of the environment. Yep. So I would run a marathon, same with triathletes and, and you know, not to the extent of yours. I did a half hour man. And then, and then the point with the Paralympic uh, cohort, when I was working with them, I was like, this is an area that I can't untap. You know, yes, yeah. I can do athletics, but. I can't understand what it is to be a Paralympian yeah however how can I put myself in a situation which is completely unknown that's kind of going to make me want to give up and I want to understand what it is we draw on when we we can't give up you know we've only got one option yeah so I kind of that's what I was searching for for a couple of years I was searching for something that was going to be out of my comfort zone completely and it was going to be a challenge on multiple levels sure, and must so, have been. yeah yeah exactly and I guess at the time I was doing sort of triathlons and was, was enjoying them but anything that was cycling running swimming I felt like ah, this would be expected and I kind of would already be a bit familiar with it so when I suddenly heard about ocean rowing I was like oh my god this is ideal I've always wanted to row but never did it then never got a chance to um so, I'd never rowed before. I've never like lost sight of shore. Like, you know, I've never been out at sea properly, never sailed or any of that wow. stuff. Um, well, bar like going on a few trips, but yeah, yep. not a sailor by any shape or form. So, it was, I was, and it just connected. You know, when something, an opportunity comes up and you're like, this is, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And it was a proper light bulb moment. And the thing for me, and it's the, one time in my whole life that I have been so focused like yep. I have to make this happen because I know in my heart of hearts I know what I'm going to get out of this is going to be huge Wow! and and that basically is my starting point with it it was it was kind of I didn't know how to row I went from being a marathon weight of like something stupid like 58 kilos up to i had to go up to 72 kilos to wow. put on mass you know yep, i had to be yep. big and not yep. not skinny because we were yeah. gonna lose a load of weight out there i had to put a team together whereas in my personal sport i was doing quite individual individual sports so you know i had to work out the team cohesion the, the whole wow. team dynamics and recruitment i had to figure out what the boat was get it built like then set up this as a business you know I thought oh it was all God. about the physical so so yeah so the the whole journey it was I mean now on reflection it is there's so many learnings from it that yeah. I absolutely thrive from but the self-awareness piece how much I've learned about myself and the different perspectives and you know approaching that row my my approach is very much like this is all brand spanking new so yep. if I can approach it with a blank canvas, if I can have a real adaptive mindset and if I surround, if I've now gone on the other side of the table, rather than surrounding athletes, if I surround myself with the relevant expertise, actually, how far can I get and how far can I really experience that athlete?
1: Yeah, sorry, my brother's just coming in the middle of the podcast. It's all right. <laughs> He's just banging all the dogs. <laughs> Come and Mitch, go around the other side. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Yeah, this is podcast life for you. (laughs) When you didn't tell your brother you're recording. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay, there was so much there that I want to unpack because there was like, you just skipped over a a ton of stuff. Number one, you you had no idea. So what gave you the confidence? The so what was the little voice inside you saying, I can do this when you're in a completely unknown sport. Like, what what was it that made you think, oh, yeah, I can ride across the Pacific on a row across the Pacific, uh, you know, for nine months and that'll all work out well. You know, how did you even come up with a concept for something so audacious?
0: Well, I mean, it's. It's all about small pieces, isn't it? And kind of reaching out to those that have done stuff and and those that you respect and have the expertise. So it, it was basically breaking, it, breaking the journey down, first of all. One, is that route even possible? So initially somebody yep. had asked me to be part of the Indian Ocean and they, they were putting a team together. Um, and then I evolved it into the Pacific. And then somebody, I was like, well, actually originally it might have been the new ocean wave race which just goes from San Fran to Hawaii Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like well that's not the Pacific that's a third of it like so if I'm going to say I'm going to row the Pacific I want to row can I row all of it yeah so it was then reaching out to somebody from a logistical point of view and a and a support structure point of view saying, is this even feasible and what would it look like? And when they said yes, I was like, right, OK, so that's route can get involved. This is what it's going to look like. We're going to need to stop. We're going to need to replenish. But it's doable, but it's going to take this time frame. And then it was kind of like, right, in order for me to get prepped and the team to get prepped, what's the time frame it's going to take to do that? And let's be realistic. And I wasn't realistic. I was completely <laughs> naive. I thought it would only take us about a year to get to the start line. And wow. Hell no. It took four years to get to the start line. Yeah. Oh, so, um,
1: four years. So, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh my God. That's um,
0: massive. Yeah. So it was, um, but interestingly, there's so many parallels, you know, like working in, working in Olympic sport, everything's in four year cycles for yeah, the yeah, yeah. Olympic cycle. And so, I, there's so much that I learned through that process. If I thought I was only going to go in a year's time, that didn't happen. We didn't have the funding. I didn't quite no. have the team. The boat wasn't finished. You know, And it was like, right, I need to go again. I need to reset. I need yep. to sort of keep the ball rolling, but I need to learn from what failures I've had here and yep. how do I overcome them? Wow. The second year that's didn't quite that's... happen when I thought it was, but it's, it's all that sort of stuff. You go, Yeah, you can give up. But I had such a clear vision with it. And the question in my head was there's going to be an all female team that are going to do this at some point. Like, why can't it be me? And I'm sure that will happen in my lifetime. (laughs) So what am I missing? What are the things that I can't see that are in my blind spots? And that's where I started to reach out to pull in different people to say, right, this is the problem I've got. How can you help me? How can you see? And it was it was that like reaching out for help with the right expertise that got us to the start line. It wasn't me. It was it was the collective bigger support team around us for sure. How did
1: how did you um, even like the, the 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 resources and the money and the financial and the sponsorship mm-hmm. when when you didn't have a back? I mean, you you had a backstory as a high performer expert in helping other people and in training and, and so on but you know you like you didn't have uh you weren't surrounded oh, finds yeah. with a huge bloody yeah. amount of resources behind you um yeah. how did you you know I, I know what I had to go through to get to the races yeah. that I did and that was probably like a lot less than what you had to go through um, how, how did you face that and what did you learn on the business side of the journey the marketing and all of that sort of stuff
0: yeah, I mean... Selling the idea right to money, people. It, yeah, it, it kind of... It's exactly that. That I think it's showing the belief, like the absolute dogged determinedness that um, this is going to happen. And, you know, like I put in my own sweat equity. You know, mm. I, I paid for the boat to be yep. built in the first place. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. Like, do you want to be part of it? Yeah. Or
1: you want to be up with something epic? We're going to do
0: this regardless. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it's it was, basically not my approach, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but you know what? That, I mean, I say that, but let, let's face it. I was useless at kind of asking for money, like yeah. in all, you know, I was great at doing it for our charities, mm-hmm. but for to ask to support me yeah. and like our journey, um, I was crap. You know, I'm, I'm a physio. I like to help people. I don't like asking for help, yep. you know, at the time, I was yep. very much in that poor sort of leadership style. And that's a big, that was a big learning point. But then reaching out to people that do work in business and do work in sponsorship. And all of, they were the people that then helped me to shape sort of, you know, a sponsorship deck and how you need to brand it. What's your, mm-hmm. you know, the colors, the language, the, all of that type wow. of stuff. It suddenly, and I loved it. Cause I mean, I love learning. So suddenly I was entering a snippet of a different world that I knew nothing about previously. Same with like the PR side of it, had no idea, but that was great fun. And, and the business model itself, like yeah, it became a business, and I thought it was all about the physical, and that was totally not. It was ten percent of like the project of yep. that, yeah. And um, and then yeah, so like you say, setting up a business, I had no Scooby Doo about, and so simplicity was reaching out to people that had been successful, had done it before, and the likes of you know Mark Beaumont that we've talked about before like mark mark is somebody that's an elite athlete, expedition athlete he'd actually at the time rode the atlantic and unfortunately they they nearly died actually so i'd reached out to him to learn from his experiences yeah. from the actual failures more i don't want yeah, yeah. necessarily the successes but and he then was great at providing me with a bit more of the structure of all well, you know the timeline the budget that this that and the other and, wow. and how you sort of need to get the sponsorship
1: amazing um
0: and, yeah, so I think to me it's about as you know if you hold if this is a new space and you hold an ego, thinking you're gonna then you're never yeah. gonna get anywhere, you, <laughs> yeah, basically, it just whereas for me, yeah i I don't mind. I don't mind saying I don't know something. I'm, I'm happy to ask why and how and who can help. You're very humble. We can thing. tell that
1: in five minutes of talking to you, you know. No,
0: oh, bless you. And, thank you very much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and how did you get a team together? Because you had four ladies, you rowed the Pacific, and, and people, we're talking like nine months in a rowboat unsupported, like from California to mm. Kens. It was, wasn't was it? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, there's a documentary out on it. If people uh, want to find it we'll work out where the, where the links are and how they can get hold of it perhaps afterwards four ladies in a, in a, in a rowboat <laughs> rowing across the landing. I mean, to the average person who doesn't know anything about rowing, it sounds absolutely insane. And I, like I said to my husband, I was interviewing the, this morning, and I said, I couldn't last 24 hours in a rowboat. I probably couldn't last four hours in a rowboat. <laughs> How do you comprehend nine months? Like that, for me is I I mean I, I've never done anything on that scale of that long you know like uh the longest thing I ever did was run through New Zealand which was a sustained effort over say 42 days and that nearly yeah, but, bloody killed me you know but that's not nine months you know let alone yeah, on the logistics but, of it wow
0: yeah but you know what I mean flipping heck you know 40 odd days that you're running the length of New Zealand, like that is that's insane. So, you, you gotta that's hell it's a lot easier about, than rowing, <laughs> it's not though. I mean, it's all about perspective, isn't it? And it's all about the context that you're in. And this is the thing that I get really passionate about is I want to optimize people's own elite performance, like not yes. comparative to anybody else. Like, yep. what's your so what your elite is, your achievement of like 42 days, and everything else you've achieved is huge. Um, it, whereas somebody else's 42 days of running will be running a marathon like that will be it's about that gap analysis yeah, like sort yeah. of where you would got yourself to to then be able to take on the 42 day sort of challenge like that was a big old leap but you're already like sort of your experiences and you, you'd prepped yourself yes, for that years and years just them, like yeah. if some yeah and whereas somebody you know who's who's on a couch but then is setting them their sights on running a marathon that's their 42 days like that's their elite performance for them and the row for us um yeah it was a it was a big old leap but it was fundamentally it was it was broken down like I think sometimes you must have found this with with the run you're talking about there and everything else you've got to break it down like you, yeah. you certainly in the preparation phase you've got to plan every inch and every every sort of crook of it to to within its life so that yep. you don't leave any stone left unturned you you feel like you're best prepared that gives you confidence to then have capacity to deal with the unknown when yep. you're faced with it yep. so to me that sort of I always wanted to leave like at least 30 percent of capacity in my headspace to make yep. sure I can, can react handle. when I need to exactly and deal with the unknown. Wow. If I mean if we'd gone on that row in that first year, Jesus Christ, like most of <laughs> it was unknown. Like that I, I was so naive, it was ridiculous. But by the time, you know, it was four years down the line, I felt so confident in actually we've we've trialed the boat we've done 72 hours we've done a couple of weeks we've done team testing we've done routines we've done sleep depot we've done wow. the training we've done the psych support you know all of those every aspect of it yeah I, I feel like we have took out mm-hmm. and then it was a case of right well then we just need to do this on a day in day out and then however long that's going to last for it's just sticking to routines which you yep. would know the same in whatever what you, you do
1: yeah, yeah the more you, it becomes normal
0: exactly and then it's kind of like well actually once you lose sight of shore whether you're out there for five days five weeks five months actually doesn't make much difference in you're a in the shit extent.
1: anyway if anything goes wrong well, you,
0: yeah, kind
1: of. you're too far from help anyway you've lost sight yeah. of shore
0: <laughs> yeah you kind of just got to crack on. And, it the, you know, there's no going back. You can't row backwards, sort of. It's yeah. only about, you know, having the confidence to step into taking on the and for us you know yes we rode the pacific literally but to me it was the essence of everybody's got their own pacifics to cross like yes. it's about you know our film's called losing sight of shore because it's about having the courage to lose sight of shore like have that sort of courage to just step away from the comfort step away from the knowns and like oh my god you know that's where wow. life just opens up in, and like, the, in know, the... exposed
1: yeah, you, you, because you, 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 you know, I had Paul Taylor, who's a neuroscientist and ex-British Army uh, uh, Navy guy, um, and uh, exercise physiologist on the show last week, and he's talking about the, the 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 small bubble you can live in, or the big bubble, and the big bubble yeah. is where we all want to be. You know, we were reaching our potential and we're fulfilling, and we're all these amazing things that we could do. And we know that that bubble was there, but we're all scared living in this little comfort zone, and, and how do you push outside? Because that outside outside is is risk of failure in your case risk of dying Um, you know there's so much that you put on the line physically mentally financially emotionally relationships you know you name it you put it on the line for this one thing and that is living in that big bubble and scaring the crap out of yourself and doing it anyway. How did you, most people have this tendency to want to be comfortable. And and I see this as a massive problem in our society today is that we are all cozy and comfortable and sitting on the couch, watching Netflix and we're warm and we're, and we don't push ourselves physically and we don't push ourselves. And, and and this leads to disaster when it comes to resilience and being able to cope because, because you've been through this, amazing adventure and expedition and you've risked everything you must have an inner confidence that you know, it's just uh and i know that you won't have it in all areas of life because yeah. this is certain specific and i know how that works because yeah. i'm really good in some things and really crap in others and i'm still working on my mindset in this area and that area or whatever We're work in progress but you when you've lifted up your horizons to that big nothing must daunt you in a way like you must be like okay whatever's coming at me I can probably handle it because you know inside you have that that resilience which is so important
0: yeah but I mean I, I think you're right it's, it's about context isn't it like I you know I'm a risk taker but I'm a I'm a really calculated risk taker yeah. you know sort Prepare of So yeah exactly so kind of the pacific seems like it's like ridiculous and it's life-threatening I mean, I didn't leave any stone left unturned. I had like military guys helping us to make sure we'd sort of not left stuff unturned. Like, we, we went through survival practice. We, I mean, awesome. there was everything and the amount of sort of, um, you know, routines we had on the boat that leashes and kind of safety equipment was next to none because I was like, the risk we've got is getting separated from the boat. So yeah, I'm, I'm risk uh, aware, really risk aware and, and kind of, and make sure that sort of I don't leave any stone unturned so then I feel confident to go forwards I wouldn't just leap into it like blindly
1: if that makes sense
0: yeah (laughs) yeah exactly yeah you You will die (laughs) yeah but I mean it's no different if you watch I I don't think you know you watch Alex Honnold climbing free solo you know the El Cap sort of climb. if anybody's seen that film I mean it's phenomenal and anybody would you know you're and you're like oh my god that's insane he's yeah. free climbing that like what if he just slips what if this yeah. what if that one hand But look at his meticulous wrong. approach to it exactly but then his his meticulous approach he hasn't just woken up that day and gone right so i'm gonna climb up you know sort of free solo this thing he's 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 like he's been off top rope with it, he he's kind of lead-climbed it, he's kind of known every single hold and place, he's written yeah. it, he's drawn it, he's visualizing it, and he's only done it when he feels completely ready, prepped, wow. and that actually there's no move in that that is going to be a risk. So therefore, he's a calculated risk taker. And it's it is extreme when you watch it, but the preparedness is is totally there.
1: I could and definitely learn from you. Of- <laughs> I tend to <laughs> <and> jump <just> into <shut laughs> go, "Oh, I didn't put the parachute on," as so I'm halfway down. <laughs> Although you know, you know, you do learn from that. You know, I remember going out into yeah. a race in Niger, which was 333 k's across one of the most dangerous oh, landscapes geez. in you know places on earth, countries on earth. And we were meant to have food come from France and it didn't arrive. And I wasn't prepared. I didn't have my own stash. I didn't, my husband at the time, my ex-husband there, he did. You know, like, and and when you're doing things like that, and you end up with food poisoning, and you're, you know, vomiting and shitting your way across the, the Sahara, and you realise, you know, you could have avoided that. <laughs> That's sort of a big lesson, and uh, do your preparation better. You know, <laughs> don't be so cavalier with you. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go and, you know, run a hundred miles, and I haven't even trained for a marathon yet. No, no, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to learn those things the hard way because I had a tendency just to die. In and this is all exciting, and let's do it, you know. And then, but then you uh, learn, though, though, don't you? yeah. You just, but it's not a good way to learn in the middle of the Sahara, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, better I to would, learn previously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that is that is for sure but yeah I mean you still but you you learn and I think that's one of the biggest takeaways of of whenever we talk about failure and stuff it, it's not a failure if you, unless no. you don't learn from it like you know and, and, yeah, so. and leap, leaping sometimes is exactly what you need to do and it's it's just not being scared scared to fall like just knowing that you know what if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but it's got you one step further and one step closer to finding what the next thing yeah. the next thing might be so yeah just it's having that like you say the 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 sort of the robustness the resilience or whatever it is to bounce back to kind of jump back up to ask the questions well why didn't that work and let's try a different way wow. or, or learn from it and do something
1: and yeah, like you said you reached out to mark and he had, had you know nearly died and had actually failed in that particular expedition done lots of other crazy stuff but you know in yeah. that one and, and it is those things like you are risking failure and you have to understand that from the outset that you can take care of all the things you can prepare, you can you can get everything and you're still risking because if this was easy, everyone would be doing it and um, you have to be OK with the. And, and this is something I you know try and get my athletes to understand. When you're actually done the work, you've done the build up, you've done the all the hard stuff that you knew. Now standing at the start line, that's actually to time to celebrate and go. You know, I've done the hard work. Now it's up to whatever's going to come my way, and like you say, being able to adapt and yeah. to have the flexibility to take whatever's coming at you, which isn't always easy. But you have to sort of give up those. Um, I think the consequences of what if what if what if because Mm -hmm. if you constantly are asking yourself well what if I don't make that time you know say you're running a marathon oh I want to do it in under three and a half hours or whatever the case may be and then you're so like oh no no." and it takes you three hours 32 and you go I'm a failure you know like hang on a minute no hang that's not how it works yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) you've got to understand that there are things you can't control so you've done yeah. everything you can can control, and now the rest is up to the gods, basically. And you're gonna have to be able to be adaptable and flexible. And that was one of the things on your work, so, on your website, talking about adaptive, being adaptive in your performance. And I think that's a really good thing because we cannot control. Like you, you can be having a bad day at the office, and you get up and you feel sick, and your immune system's down, and you've got your period, and you, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, and you 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 weren't bargaining with that, you know. So you have to be able to, well, I need to still go because there's no way back. Um, how do I deal with it? You know?
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's a it's a really valid point because it I mean, even in the row halfway through, and it's in the films, it's not kind of confidential stuff. One of the girls, like, she just completely changed her personality, right? Because that was exactly the, the problem. She thought she could control the boat. Yeah. She thought, you know, she was a rower. She, out of all of us, she was somebody that actually had rowed since she was a kid and stuff. And wow. she thought ocean rowing was, you know, yeah. she didn't want to lose a passion. Unfortunately, yeah, she it it killed her passion. She yeah. didn't know then she lost her sense of identity, all of that stuff. Oh,
1: but because yeah.
0: she was trying, yeah, awful. And but because she was trying to control the boat, you know, like but the current, the wind was against us like those are things you cannot control control it's a one-ton boat not one person is going to be able to control moving that in the direction you want it to go in and so but it was the collective of the team that enabled us to be able to rally round and understand first of all recognize her change in personality was it was a behavior it was yeah. there was something underlying it was not her, it what it was, but there was something emotional that she couldn't verbalize straight away. Yeah. So hence, she just changed her personality type. Wow! And then it was like the strength of the team to be able to rally together to sort of support that to kind of come at it from the right approach. That she was then able to share it to then collectively go. We just need to see a different perspective on this stuff, and I think that's where you know a vast dynamic sort of team, uh, you know, a, a diverse team. Sorry, is what I meant is has got so much strength in it because you know what you when you see it through your own lens there's only sort of one way whereas if you've got some diversity there that just think brings a different perspective and suddenly you're able to see you can't control the control you know you can only control the controllables you can't control what's out of that Mm. control and those things are the weather that is you know yes will prevent being ill or injured but that might well happen that's you know is what it is if Mm. and if the boat sort of fails Whatever, then those are only three things that are going to be out of our control. And if anything happened there, then I wouldn't be i wouldn't have been upset i would be upset but i i wouldn't be throwing my toys out the pram because it isn't something we could control And it if the road didn't happen we didn't finish because one of those three things that is what it is
1: yeah it is what it Um, is and you've done your 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 utmost and i mean i've failed on on different expeditions and things that i've done like really fallen on my face you know with you know documentary crews there to capture it all on film as you just absolutely completely (laughs) face planted (laughs) (laughs) and you know and it takes a long time to get up again, and it, and it knocks the crap out of you, and um, you know. But it's part of that. Okay, well, this is the game we're in. You know, we're we're we, we're we're pushing the limits, and sometimes, you know, you 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 are human, and you you don't have yeah. the resources. One of the things that I find really, really, I'd love to, and I think this probably needs its own bloody podcast is the whole team dynamic thing. I mean, it's one thing to be a solo athlete that does things, you know, but it's a the couple of times when I've had to be in a team situation, I I find it really, really tough because you're reliant. You know, I did one in the Himalayas and we're trying to do the world's highest marathon ever done. And I was with a guy who was, um, a mountaineer and used to, um, altitude and very at home in that space. And I wasn't, and I would I'd done a couple of things at altitude and sort of survived by the skin of my teeth. I'm an asthmatic. I don't really do well on the mountains. So I'd take on oh, a, yeah. you know, high, <laughs> good, good yeah. idea. Um, <laughs> and, and it went pear shaped. and, um, I got sick. I got altitude sickness and, uh, I couldn't even start my body was, you know, I couldn't even tie my shoelaces. Um, but the worst thing was that he changed that and, and it, um, the person that he was down here was not the person that he was up there. And yeah. um, it, it ended up being quite nasty and quite, you know, um, detrimental. And, you know, he's not here to defend himself, so I'm not going to say anything too much. But it's, it's it, it wasn't a nice situation to be in. And I did not trust that if I was in the in the shit out there that we would work together as a team to get through it. I felt like right. no, nah, he wouldn't do that, um, and they're, they're so now. I'm like very very always aware if I'm teaming up with people like we we've got at the moment this weekend in my hometown the Oxfam 100 it's a hundred kilometer event where lots of just normal everyday people are doing 100ks which is like amazing Amazing. walking and they're doing it in set you know teams of four and the the stuff they're going to go through and there'll be people that are you know expeditions bring out the worst and bring out the best in people Um, and you don't know until you're in the situation with them as which way are they going to go, and which way are you going to go i mean I can become yeah. i've been a really horrible person on some of my you know with my crew on different occasions where I've just lost my shit you know yeah. because I'm in so much pain, sleep deprivation, motions all up the wazoo, and you're just you know you're snappy irritable you know, just horrible um afterwards and having to go and say, I'm very sorry, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so how did you deal with that over nine months like that yeah. on steroids? Like the dynamic for women, everybody's having highs and lows at different points in there. Yeah. How did you cope with that? I mean, you obviously you've mentioned uh the one person and 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 how you helped pull together it it takes incredible leadership to keep a team like that together for nine months no matter how wonderful you all are
0: yeah I mean don't get me wrong you still have arguments and stuff but we it was all in the preparation and it was we knew I mean it's a a 29 foot ocean rowing boat right so it's kind of the size of Greg Rutherford is. It's got the world record for the long jump, right? So it's kind of his long jump is the size of our boat. So it's a really small space. And then when you're cramped into the cabin, there's two of you. And if it's stormy, then all four of you are either in that or two in each cabin. So it's it's a tight confined space. So it was really clear from the outset that this team had to be. We had to be cohesive. We had to be really transparent. And something I was particularly pedantic about was. I never want to leave a a pebble in a shoe. Like if there's an issue, we need to confront it. We have to step forwards into it. We can't, I don't want any bitchiness. Like there was, that was, that's always been sort of my approach to most things. Like I can't stand the whole talking to other people rather than talking to the individual that you've got Mm. an issue with. you just need to step into that as much as it might feel uncomfortable and I guess it working in a performance context we're scrutinized on a daily basis you know we're kind of everybody's asking you why what are you doing you know type stuff you've got to justify you feel like you're under a spotlight all the time so wow. you start to build this kind of separation you know the kind of right no this is they're asking me that because of the person in front of us or the you know the, the end goal that's what it's about it's got nothing to do with me personally we're just trying to optimize what we need to do so when like I pulled this the, the sort of the team came together a lot of it I was like how do we stress test this like we have to stress test it because um Help you. <laughs> you know, yeah exactly and and that's where I you know i started working with keith a performance psychologist um reached out to him because i was like there's got to be more depth to this you know we need tools we need to i need to know what i'm going to draw on when i'm wanting to give up like what's going to be my go-tos i'm gonna i need to know how i can respond and react to different personalities and stuff and how they're going to react to each other so Keith was the absolute rock to the success of our our journey in all honesty like Mm. I worked with him for four years and I still worked with him I still work with him sorry to this day and and Keith sort of he enabled us to sort of understand the differences in our personalities from a basics of just doing psychometrics and stuff uh but pretty in-depth ones um And then analysing that a little bit more and playing it out in different scenarios and then really forcing us to kind of do the round table. Yeah, because, and the girls hated confrontation. They weren't used to giving and receiving feedback that it was always felt like a personal threat yeah so i just had to put myself in the barrier first so i'd be like right cool okay well if you're not going to give it and you're going to say everything's rosy when it's not i'll i'll pull it out so this is what's not going so well and this is not not going so well right now give it back to me it hit me like because then wow. as soon as i've given it they're they're happy to give it back to me because they think i'm being yeah. uh, a bit uh, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so i'm like it's fine and then you know and I would, I would show them that I was learning from it, like because I was. And there was, I they would call me. I would have Laura number one, Laura number two, <laughs> and my personalities, and yeah. they. And I didn't realise that until sort of, you know, going through going through the row. And they're like, oh, my God, it's Laura number two. And <laughs> Laura number two is somebody that when she starts getting, like, tired, hungry, all of that gubbins and and sort of just a bit over it, I start getting really assertive. I'm very tunnel vision and my empathy just goes. Whereas <laughs> normal time, like, I've got heaps of the empathy yeah, until yeah. it gets to a point. And you then sound I'm like me. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so they'd be like, all right, Nora number two. And because we then had a language that was a little bit disconnected to the personal and it made a bit of fun of it, then you sort of were able to sort of take a pause, hear it and stuff. But we had loads of, loads of methodologies that we'd built, we'd worked on to try and get yeah, to that point. This is fascinating. And that, uh, and that, that sort of to the point with there, though, is that it's not to say we didn't have any arguments because we did. Like, yeah. I mean, that. Nat and I in particular completely different personalities she is like I mean she's a beautiful character she is Miss Mindful she is in the moment and she is just totally there she's talking about sky and the sea and the colors whereas I'm Miss Planner like I'm yeah. already in Cairns I'm thinking about the fit I'm planning and what do we need to do what do we need to sort out Wow. so you know when we did the team testing before this was during selection of the team I remember when I met Nat, I was like, oh, God, no, we are poles apart. There's just no way, you know, because I was trying to see it through. I was only seeing it through my own lens of who yeah. I was getting a rapport with. But I brought her on to the team testing weekend, which was I'd gone to some ex-military guys. and I said, look, we need to be tested. I need to see what we're like when we're cold, mm-hmm. we're yeah. hungry really sore in pain you need to physically push us you need to mentally push us wow and so we did like a 72 hour sleep depot oh. um, army type thing you know uh. across in the brecons in wales yeah uh, <laughs> and on reflection now, like yeah and i was it, on reflection <laughs> that was great fun and obviously hated it during it. <laughs> and um and i remember like during it sort of nat in particular is a personality that stood miles out because when she came onto it, I was thinking, oh, she can come along, but she's, I don't think yeah. I'm going to be selecting her. And then Nat was the one that, you know, she might not have been the fittest, but even when she was struggling and she was in pain, she had a sense of humor. And wow. when I was starting to struggle, she made me laugh. And I was like, oh my God, there's not many people that, that can do, do that, that when I'm in that space. Yeah, And I'm like, this isn't just about me, but for the comfort of the team, like we need that because otherwise this is good. I will make this, too serious i will when it gets into it i it will be too boring and serious i need a sense of humor in this yeah. boat and she is she's got it in abundance and she, you know wow. she kept us in the moment as well yeah. like i needed that mindfulness when we we're out at yes. sea because otherwise i wouldn't have remembered half the things that went on and i wouldn't have recognized it seen it I isn't that
1: amazing so right. like looking at the strengths and, and differences can actually end up being the the, the the thing that holds you together rather than pulls you apart A hundred percent. Uh, I just think this space. I, I have to connect you with Paul Taylor. He will love you. Um, he's a resilience wow. expert that, that I was mentioning before. And yeah, it, I think when you have characters, and I've started to do this, and uh, just with for myself, even now, I have these different characters. You know, there's the good me and there's the bad me. And the good me is like Wonder Woman. She can do anything, and she's amazing, and she has all these character traits that you know I aspire to and want to have. And that's that side of me. And then the other side's a real bitch. You know, she's a <laughs> (laughs) negative (laughs) cynical (laughs) selfish person and those are both me you know and i when you put this on Paul talks about doing like cartoon characters and putting speech bubbles on them and, and, and actually giving them life. And because it puts you outside of these characters that are fighting in your head and you're yeah. trying to be that good one you want to be, but when you're hungry and cold and freezing and you haven't slept in three days and you're, you know, struggling somewhere and God knows where um, and you just want to go home and cry and st- Hide under the covers and get mummy to give you a chicken soup. Um, <laughs> you know, you, 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 it puts it outside of you and it helps you see yeah. what you're doing. And even in daily things, like, um, you know, I've been rehabilitating my mum now for five years, seven days a week. And you know, at the beginning first three years, it was like eight hours a day, so it was just you know, it was full, full on, and then even longer than that in the first year. and. I catch myself sometimes, you know, being so short and irritable because I'm like trying to multitask, I'm trying to run my businesses and I'm and she's waiting for me and you know, like just and you just you just find yourself snapping at somebody when you just feel like you you know that asshole Lisa is present, you know? And you're just like listening to yourself going, How the hell do I get a grip on this one? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and we're all human, and we're all working on this. And you know, I go to my mummy, and I put her in bed at night time, and I cuddle into her through, and I say, you know, I'm sorry for being a bitch today, Ma. <laughs> and I'm sorry for snapping at you. And she's so lovely; she's like, oh, it's all right, darling. You know, um, oh, but it, it, you, we, you know, we have moments where we're just not nice, you know. And when you're in these extreme circumstances, they're the ones that come out. And um, you know, this is the, this is a part of the dynamic thing that i find really really fascinating and that whole resilience and teamwork and how do you bring that all together um so and uh, you know we're going to have to wrap up this one because i've you know really Um, enjoyed talking to you Laura but I really would like to have you on a couple of times because I think there's much more to this Mm. actual story because we haven't even got to talking about well what was it actually like to row and (laughs) how did you you know do what did you actually have to do on a daily basis and how do you plan for such a thing and how do you have such a big you know project and deal with it um and so i'm really glad that we've made this connection and i'm very very keen to have you on the show again um if you because we, we've really just been part one i think
0: <laughs> oh bless you no i have mean, be honored to to come back on there's so much i think we connect with and and we can talk about for sure especially in that headspace how we can be holistic and what we've both learnt from the experiences that we faced and continue to learn I think is is always is always an exciting journey yeah. so um yeah I'd be honored to to come back on it. that it's, would it's be fantastic
1: because I think also the work that you've done with Paralympians and um uh you, uh you know people that are working with disabilities and trauma we haven't even unpacked that either um because I think that mm-hmm. you know we can learn a heck of a lot from people um that have gone through you know all these dramas and 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 so on I mean I learn every day from from mum like her mindset is just like incredibly strong and resilient and um so I'd like to unpack some of that stuff as well so Laura thank you very much for your time today uh I think you're a rock star where can people find you and where can they get involved in what you're doing and um you know do your whatever you've got available because you've got some really good lessons to share with people. So tell us where we can find you. you.
0: Yeah, I mean, on um, unusual social media, sort of the Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, um, just at Laura Penhall and, and that sort of, you know, P E N H A U L is my surname. Um, so, yeah, reach out to that. We've also got um, our endurance book. So, where we sort of added science behind kind of some of the endurance sort of focus is on GCN, which is a global cycling network website, or our podcast is endurance as well which is with mark beaumont which i co-author on so yeah, yeah so
1: i'm very keen to meet and hopefully get on the show as well mark uh, definitely yeah, yeah, yeah hook me exactly. up there and and
0: yeah keen to get you on that as well because i think you've got a lot to add a lot oh, i'd make, love sure, to with all your experiences for sure
1: That would be, that would be an absolute honor. Laura, you're one hell of a strong woman. Um, I can't wait to see where you go in in the future and what you, you know, what you take on. God God forbid, it's probably going to be big. (laughs) Um, And and thank you for sharing. I think you have such great knowledge to share with people and you have a, a duty to get that information out there because this is the sort of stuff that helps people. So thank you very much for your time today, Laura. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends and head
0: over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.